now. So everyone's going to come to me afterwards and just be looking directly at... You can, see, can you see it? It's there. There you go. I'm putting myself out there. <laughs> anyway, that's not the point. Is it shining on it? Oh, no. This is even worse. I should have worn a cap. <laughs> anyway. It's, it's really good to be here. And I was... As I was... Um, as I was thinking about this this morning, we, as me and Jude originally got together and, and were looking through the Acts series and, and where we wanted to go with it, um, this is obviously the last one in the series, and today was going to be slightly different than what it actually is, um, mainly because for the whole week, I couldn't get out of my head this, um, this thing that, I guess this statement um, that I said last, last week, where sometimes as Christians we're stuck between Calvary and Pentecost. We're stuck understanding that we're forgiven. We're, we're stuck understanding that we're, we're not sinners anymore, but we haven't quite made it to Pentecost and received the power of the Holy Spirit and are actually walking forward with this power, with the ability to change situations, with the ability to overcome situations, and we're stuck somewhere in, in between. And I just, for some reason, have not been able to shape that and I guess my prayer this week has been that we will be a church that are at, have received that power, have made it to the Pentecost experience, um, like those 120 in the upper room have, have had that Holy Spirit um, experience. And Because I really believe, like, we're, we're sat here and there are so many things that we can do inside the church, outside of the church, to reach the community, to serve the church. But the, the reason sometimes we don't do them is because we're focused, so focused on our own abilities, rather than understanding that actually the ability that sits within each one of us is so large and so great. And they experienced, as we heard last week, they experienced this power, this a, a boldness that they've never experienced before. Some of us can sit here and, and I'm not going to ask people to do it, but some of us can sit here and put our hands up and say, you know, I've had that Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit experience. I've experienced that power. I've experienced that boldness of, and actually we see it a lot in people that have just become Christians. You know, they have that boldness where they just, they're just up for it. They're just ready to share. They're, ready to, they're just ready to tell the world about who Jesus is and what Jesus can do for you and, and what he has done for you. And, and um, I, I'm just praying for that with us as a church. Because I firmly believe, you know, throughout the Old Testament, we see that actually the Holy Spirit came down in, in certain times for special occasions, for special events, for special people, for a special task, etc., etc. But we've heard that actually that the Holy Spirit is for everyone and is for now. For everyone and is for now. It's a permanent thing. That actually he is dwelling within each one of us. And so for me, I think my ongoing prayer is, is just have I grabbed hold of that? Have I really believed and understood that? Have I realized the power that I have on tap, if you like? That sounds very flippant, and I don't mean it to sound like that, but I just I want us to grasp that actually this power that we're talking about, this Holy Spirit power, is a power that we have and can have all the time. And that's the place that we should be living out of. That's the place that we should be making decisions out of. And so it kind of led me, I guess, before we move into um, 
I wanted to look this morning what, what it means to be filled with the Holy Spirit and, and actually what's the purpose of being filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, but before we move into that, I, I just, it just also got me thinking, what, what do I actually think about the Holy Spirit? Because if I believe that the Holy Spirit is not some impersonal thing, being, but I actually believe that he is part of the Godhead. I believe that he is part of the Trinity. So there's God the Father, the Son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. If I believe that they are all one, then it just got me thinking, okay, so what do I actually think about the Holy Spirit? Because we, we know, or we might have some concept, and we might have some, some thoughts in our head about what we think about God. And if you were to ask people on the street, they would have they would probably have some sort of viewpoint on what they think about God. I know what I think about Jesus, this Jesus that walked the earth, did the miracles, died on the cross for our sins, etc., etc. But what do I think about the Holy Spirit? What do you think about the Holy Spirit? And I'm not going to let you know what I think about the Holy Spirit, um, just purely because I think it's just a great journey for you to go on to just actually discover, okay, well, we've had this idea of what we think about God, about Jesus, but actually I've never really sat down and thought about what I think about the Holy Spirit. And for me, it's also that kind of journey myself as to, okay, I need to, I'm also working this out on how the Holy Spirit really should be playing a larger part in my life than perhaps I've allowed him to do and et cetera, et cetera. So it just got me thinking how important getting to know the Holy Spirit is getting to know that comforter. And we, we read it in the Bible, you know, that actually that they left. Jesus said, we will leave the comforter with you. We will leave the spirit to dwell in you. And so, I would probably say like anyone, if you had something living in you, you probably want to know a little bit about what it is that's living inside of you and what's going on inside of you. And so I think, for me, it just brought up loads of questions throughout the week, and I just felt like I don't want us to move on and look at something perhaps different without maybe sparking this, um, this thought in our minds as to, okay, let's get to know the Holy Spirit that lives inside each one of us. And I think sometimes, I was speaking to someone this week and it was someone who would deem themselves as a Christian but feels so alone and so confused. And I think sometimes when we don't know the Holy Spirit and we don't believe that the Holy Spirit is living inside each one of us and we haven't spent time getting to know the characteristics of the Holy Spirit, we haven't spent time embracing the gifts of the Holy Spirit, then I think actually sometimes we can feel like we're doing this life alone. That we're going it alone and that we're facing every struggle by ourselves and that's just not the case. Because the Lord says in in John 14, verse 17, and if you've got Bibles, we're going to kind of spend most of our time in the Acts, the, the first two chapters in Acts. But in John 14, verse 17, it says, yet the Lord says, he is with us and in us today. 
And just, I guess, the importance of understanding who this Holy Spirit is, is that if, as I was working it through, if God played such a, a predominant role in the Old Testament, and then, you know, before Christ came, and then Christ came and played this dominant role in the gospel era, it's quite interesting that we're living in the next era, in the time of the Holy Spirit, and actually, the Holy Spirit is to play that dominant role in today, in today's life, in, in, in everything that we do today. And so if the Holy Spirit is to play that dominant role in each one of our lives today as a Christian, then how well do we know the Holy Spirit? There's this guy called um, Stanley Jones who was a missionary in India, and for a good portion of the, of the 20th century, he, he would say this, Pentecost is not a spiritual luxury, it is an utter necessity for human living. The human spirit fails unless the Holy Spirit fills. It is Pentecost or failure. It is Pentecost or failure. It is the Holy Spirit filling you or failure. And what he meant by that, I believe, as I, as I look at it, is actually... If you want to be all that God has called you to be, if you want to be all and do all that God has called you to do, then the only way to be able to do that and to achieve that is to actually have the Holy Spirit living in each one of us. Because the whole idea of God's plan for your life is for it to be exciting, is it for it to be supernatural, is it for, it's for it to be just full of the gifts and the blessing that comes alongside accepting the Holy Spirit to live inside each one of us. And so when this, just, just so you know also, Stanley Jones was um, a Methodist preacher as well. Um, but what he's saying is that you must be filled with the Spirit if you're going to be 100% effective if you're going to be walking that right path, if you're going to be walking that path that God has called you to. Now, I'm not sure where any of you are at, really. I, I might know some of you better than I know others. Um, and, I, and I really don't know what journeys that you're on in your relationship with God, what journeys you're on in life. But I, what I do know is that God is saying, I have sent the Holy Spirit to dwell in each one, inside each one of you. So that, it, you know what, even if things are hard, even if things are tricky, even if you get sideswiped, there is a comforter there. There is a spirit there that wants to give you the blessing, the giftings, the, the abilities to maneuver any situation that you find yourself in. So that, why? So that you can live the life that God has called you to live and be the person that God has called you to be. And so I was just thinking, um, what does it actually mean to be filled with the Spirit? What does it mean to be filled with the Spirit? And I, I loved what we did last week where we just actually allowed some time for the Holy Spirit to move. But I went away, if I'm being completely honest, I went away and I just felt like, I really hoped that there was nothing last week that we kind of tried to orchestrate. Does that make sense? I really hope that 
We didn't say, okay, Holy Spirit, you know what? It's so great to have you in our lives. We want that. So what we're going to do is we're going to give you this half an hour slot. Um, we've got someone else that's going to speak on something else this morning for a little bit. So you've got a half an hour slot. Make sure you don't go over that um, because we are going to move back into worship. And I really, and I think in my mind, I'm like, actually, did we do that with the Holy Spirit? Because in actual fact, I want us to be completely spirit-led. And, and as I was thinking and just I was saying to Dave this morning, I planned four different talks this morning. No, well, not this morning. I planned them over the, over the course of the week. And actually, in the end, last night I said, I still don't know, God, whether this is where you want me to go with this. And so I said, you know, if it's not, wake me up in the middle of the night and we'll see where you're going to take things. I had the best night's sleep ever. <laughs> so I don't know whether that's just because he knows I don't sleep that much or he's just going to let me sleep anyway, but... I don't want us to reduce, what I'm saying, I guess, is I don't want us to reduce the Holy Spirit to a Sunday morning experience. Not just something that happens on a Sunday morning, it's not just something that we give a slot for, that actually everything that we do, everything that we do in the church, everything that we do in our own lives is led by the Holy Spirit. And I'm not just talking about the decisions that we make when it comes to church life or when it comes to, am I going to go to Bible study tonight? Am I going to pray for this person tonight? I'm talking about business decisions. I'm talking about decisions in family life. That actually, are we being led by the Spirit in those things? And I think one of the biggest challenges for each one of us is we say, I'm not sure. I don't know whether the Spirit is really, you know, I don't know whether that's what he's, he's doing, you know, whether he's leading me down that path, whether he's speaking to me in that way. Okay, we need to spend time getting to know him. And, you know, I, you've probably heard the analogy before. If you were in a crowd of people and your other half shouted, then you would probably recognize that voice. For the most part, a lot of us would probably choose to ignore that voice. But you would recognize that voice. And you know, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God wants to speak to us, wants to lead us in every decision, in every step that we make in our lives. But perhaps the question is, is how well do you know the Spirit? How much space do you allow the Spirit to move in your life? Do you give the Spirit a time slot on a Sunday morning? And then actually the rest of work life carries on throughout the rest of the week. How well do you know the Spirit? The Bible says we are to be continually filled. David describes it in Psalm 23 verse 5 as this. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Filled, being filled with the Spirit means completely filled, overflowing, filling to capacity. And we see it happen throughout um, the book of Acts as well. Acts 4 verses 8, Peter's, Peter was filled with the Spirit as he spoke to the San Andrean. Acts 7 verse 35, Stephen preached in front of the San Andrean and was stoned in the street and said to be full of the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 3, verses 14 and 19. For this reason I kneel before the Father, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. This is what God desires for his people. God desires it for each one of us. 
He desires us to be full of the Holy Spirit so that when we step out into those hard situations, that we're full. We're full with joy. We're full with peace. We're full with whatever it is that God wants to give us. That's what God desires. See, being a Christian is is more than just professing a belief in Christ. Being a Christian, I believe, is also about being hungry, about being thirsty, to be full, to be full of the Spirit. We had a a great couple that came and stayed with us on Friday night. And I don't know if you've ever met those people, those kind of people that walk you know, walk into your life for a, for a very short space of time and you can just tell they're just full of the Spirit. They're just full of, you know, and, and just, they were encouraging. They were a blessing to us. And I just, I think I just desire that. She, she, um, she sat around at the breakfast table in the morning and she just spent some time sort of downloading a load of information to us that the Spirit has spoken to us throughout the night in regards to our house, in regards to what was going on in, you know, in the ministry, in the church here. And the Spirit just completely spoke to her. And honestly, there are gifts of encouragement, there are gifts of words of wisdom, etc., etc. You know, we looked at that last week. But I do believe that the Spirit wants to talk to you, each one of you in such a special way that will bless your life and actually blesses other people as well. So what it means to be filled is filled to capacity, filled to overflowing. And then I was like, okay, so why? Why do we need to be filled? Why do we need to be filled? And honestly, I just, we're just going to turn it in to some scripture here and In Acts verses 2, 1 to 4, it says this, When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each one of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Spiritual power. But I think so often we actually... We can use, um, when we talk about being filled with the Spirit, we use this as one of the main verses. And we, say, and we say, actually, okay, God, you came, and the purpose of being filled with the Spirit then was to speak in tongues. And, and, and we, have to be, we have to understand that that was the context then of, of what God wanted to do. Because actually, if you, if you flip back, it says in Acts 1, verses 8, it says this, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now, do you know what that's saying to us today is that actually when you have, thank you very much, um, this is the build-up, something very special. What it means is that actually when you have that filling of the Holy Spirit, what God is saying is that that's not just for a time, that's not just for a season, but you will be filled constantly to overflowing. Why? Because you are called to go out and be spiritual power, to be spiritually overcomer, overcomers of disease, of 
issues that are going on, of broken relationships, of etc., 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 that you are being called to not just go to your area, your village, your church, but actually to go to your county, to go to your country, to go to out into the world. That's one of your, our callings, that actually when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, that we're called to go out and be witnesses of Christ's power living through us in every area that we come into. And that's a big challenge for each one of us. Because sometimes I think, you know, maybe this happened, maybe, you know, last week, maybe it was a time when the Spirit just fell and filled you. But let me tell you, it wasn't for just last week. But the Spirit comes in to fulfill a purpose. It fills you to fulfill a purpose. What, what is that purpose? Is to be a witness in every area that you walk into because you will be filled to overflowing. And sometimes um, the challenge is to not go out in our own energy. You know, we can, we can shout and we can praise God, but we can still struggle with sin. We can speak in tongues, but we can still gossip. and We still bring hurt and criticism and condemn people. We pray for the filling of the Spirit. And in some time, and some, sometimes we experience that, but we don't experience the power in our life of change. My, my reason for saying that is that we can do all of this in our own energy. We can do every, you know, all of the different Bible studies that we do, the youth groups, the church on Sunday morning, the children's groups, the after-school groups. We can do all of those in our own energy, but that's not what we're called to do. And so for me, it's been a kind of a week of just like, okay, God, what is the stuff right now that we're doing in our own energy, that we're doing without your spirit influencing? Do we have people leading different ministries that are so drained that they haven't ever given themselves time to be filled with the spirit to overflowing? There are three aspects that I just wanted to look at. I'm sure there's many more of, of, the, of the Holy Spirit power. And the first aspect that I just wanted to look at is the power of the extraordinary. The, the power, I guess, that the, the Spirit gives us that takes what we do in the natural and makes it supernatural. Uses our, perhaps what we thought were not resources or abilities or talents that we have, and actually you can really tell what the Spirit comes in and and, and that is the, the, the talent or the gifting that he wants to bless and encourage. Um, point in case for me is that I, I used to hate standing up and speaking in front of people. And in 2006, I traveled around the world a little bit, and our first stop was in Kenya. And um, as I was in Kenya, we were going into a church and going into their service, and we were going to meet the pastor that was um, hopefully going to take us around for that week in, in the area, and then take us into Kabira slum and, and we were going to be working there for a, for a month or so. 
we walk into the church and completely overwhelmed because this church is two and a half thousand people strong. And he said two things to me. He goes, ah, so you're white and you're here to encourage us. I was like, yeah, all right. Um, he said, so you'll speak this morning. I was like, oh, no, no way. And in actual fact, apparently it was not the dumb thing to say no to him. And, and so myself and John got up and, and spoke in front of that many people. And for me, it just completely freaked me out. But I believe that God blessed people through that time. And I believe that even as, you know, as, as Lydia stood up here and she shared, and, and actually, you know, she said a number of times, oh, I'm so nervous about this. Do you know what? That has been a blessing to us as a church, to see someone come up through and have a heart and a passion for God and willing, regardless, to stand up the front and say, this is what I'm going to do for God and encourage each one of us. And the power of the extraordinary is that perhaps you're sat here and you have a heart and a longing to sing, but you're completely tone deaf. Or perhaps you have a heart to preach or teach and you don't know where to go with that. And you've just suppressed it. And you know, in some, sometimes the Spirit will say to you and other people will confirm that no, this isn't your gifting, this isn't your calling. But in some instances, actually you would discover something that to you felt so far away, so far off. And the power of extraordinary is that God will come in and through the, the power of the Holy Spirit will make that, that natural supernatural. And I love the story. We, we spent, we spent um, three months working over in Hillsong Church in Australia and, and we all know that church for their worship music. But actually, if you watch, they have something that runs through in their reception area, which is their, it's, it's basically a video about the youth band that came up through, so all, all the, the worship leaders now, um, and they are dreadful. And they're absolutely, you know, they used to meet in a school town hall just in, in Manly area and then in Sydney as well. And just, they, were, they couldn't sing in tune, but they were just rocking out and they were loving it and they were jumping around. And, but actually, some of the most amazing worship music that we sing today has come from that church, has come from those worship leaders. Because they just were filled with the Holy Spirit. 2 Corinthians 12, verses 9 to 10, it says, But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that my Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Amen that it's not about us. That it's not about me. It's not about my ability. And it really does take the pressure off when you realize that. That you realize that actually it's Christ's strength and, and the power of the Holy Spirit living in, in us that gets seen in our weaknesses if we're filled with the Spirit of God. The second the power of imitation. I, I sat this morning, actually, and um, the kids were sat around the table, and they, 
They really know how to wind each other up. And this morning was that one of those particular mornings where, and Lily seems to start it quite more often than not at the moment. Um, she's our youngest daughter. And um, Isabel had said something, and Lily had copied, copied her, just said exactly the same, and then Josh did exactly the same thing. And this went on for a little while until Isabel flipped, turned around and hit Josh. Josh then started crying, and Lily just looked at me and gave a little smile like that. <laughs> and she knows full well that she's just completely wound that situation up. I'm thinking, she's only three years old. This is going to be a real hard ride until I ask her to move out. But um, <laughs> but the power of imitation. And I, I believe that one of the, the roles of the Holy Spirit, that as the Holy Spirit dwells in each one of us, is to help our lives conform to the image of Jesus. That the Holy Spirit dwells in us to help us to be imitators of Jesus Christ. But the thing is, we're sometimes our own worst enemy. We sometimes want to stop that from happening. And I don't know about you, I don't know who it is that you're thinking that you would like to be today. What it is that you would rather be doing today. And I just feel like actually there's such an identity crisis going on in the world at the moment. Um, you know, I was having a conversation with Abby the other day at work and I'd just come back from a meeting in the school and, and it was just amazing the amount of people that are feeling that, you know, amounts of young people that are feeling that they're gender neutral. And that's kind of the in thing to do, to be. Also, you see, you know, people that are so confused about where their identity lies or who they are. Because quite often, and we were talking about it at Bible study the other night, quite often, actually, the person you, you want to be sometimes is a completely fictional character anyway. Is that person that you see on TV, or is that actor, is that, you know, and, and that was said in our Bible study the other night, and it's just really interesting that that seems to be where we are at the moment in today's society. But I would love us to actually pray and to actually give more time into saying, okay, who is the Holy Spirit? What characteristics, what giftings, what callings are on my life that are given to me by the Holy Spirit, the imitator of Jesus, the imitator of God. Because the Holy Spirit longs for us to get to know him better. And the real test, uh, you know, we talked a little bit about gifts last week, and, and I firmly believe that the real test of the Holy Spirit is actually... It's not to do with how many gifts you have. The real test of whether the Holy Spirit lives inside each one of us is are we walking around as the image of Christ? Does that make sense? That actually, yes, the Holy Spirit has these gifts that he wants to lavish upon us and wants to empower us to, to do and, to, and, and actually who we are and what we're going to be. But the real test of whether the Holy Spirit lives in us is if we're walking around as the image of Christ. The third is the, the power of, 
resilience. Now, um, it's been a pretty full-on year for, for us as a project here and for me personally. Um, the power of resilience has been one that I've had to really pray for. It's the power to bounce back under pressure. It's the power to handle stresses and persecution. And John, John 16, verse 33 says this, I have told you these things so that in me you will have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. I have overcome the world. See, we need to understand that the power that lives inside each one of us, the power that we have that lives inside each one of us, the Holy Spirit, is far stronger, is far greater than any external pressure that we will face. You know, God is saying this morning, yes, you may have trouble, but do not be distressed. Yes, you may not see a way out of the situation that you're in at the moment, but don't despair. And that yes, you may feel persecuted, but know that you are not forsaken. And you may feel like right now that the weight of the world is on you, but you are not destroyed. Whatever is going on in your life right now, understand that the Holy Spirit that lives inside each one of you is stronger than any external pressure that can be put onto you. And you have access to that on tap. Does that make it easy? No, of course it doesn't. But what it does mean is that you're walking through life with a truth, with a fact in your life, that you have something in your life, the Holy Spirit, that is far greater than anything that can be thrown at you. 1 John verses four, uh, chapter 4, verse 4, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I'm going to invite the band to come back up. The one great key thing for believers I, in opening up this power of the Holy Spirit is to, is to really hunger, to thirst, to desire after the Holy Spirit. And you know, that last point, I think so often we don't really know what we've got to offer this world. We don't really know what we've got to offer the community that is around us. And actually, I walked out of that meeting with the school thinking, I don't even know whether it's our place to try and meet this need. I don't know how we would even meet this need. It's something that's so, so new to us. I could just unplug it. But I just love the fact that whatever is thrown at us, that we have a source, we have a power that is far greater than anything external. We might not have all of the answers, but we do know that the Holy Spirit that lives inside each one of us wants to bring joy, wants to bring peace, wants to bring strength into those situations. That actually the Holy Spirit is the overcomer. And so I just felt like it was right to, to spend some time on that this morning. And I just want to encourage you to just 
Uh, just, just to close your eyes now, and um, before we move into to worship, if, if you would like to just make that declaration of, actually, I want to get to know the Holy Spirit more. I want more of the Holy Spirit power in my life. And just as you sat there quietly, I just want you to pray. That very simple prayer of, Holy Spirit, I want to get to know you more.